Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. We're back for another exciting episode of Live on Purpose. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. And we're bringing you the principles every week and sometimes even a little more often than that to give you the tools and the resources to help you to take control of your life, to live on purpose. Who's going to drive it if you're not? And so here we are again, and I've got an exciting guest in studio with me here today. I will introduce her now. This is Amanda Dixon from KSL News Radio. You hear her voice every morning if you're on the Wasatch Front giving the news and telling the stories. Amanda, welcome Thank to Live you, on Purpose. Oh, this is a treat for me, Dr. Paul. Thank you. Well, this is exciting for me. We might want to get that mic oh, right in front of you, gotcha. too. Gotcha. Sorry. But th- I know radio is probably know a new thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Speak into the microphone. I have heard Amanda's voice for however long you've been with KSL. I can't, I'm not even sure how long that's been. I got hired there, let's see, in February of 1990. Of 1990. So it's been 17 years. years. 17 oh. years. And you're doing a fantastic Thank job. You. It's just, you're waking people up. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. Amanda goes into the studio at some just horrendous hour in the morning. Four o'clock. Your show starts at five. Five, right. At five o'clock on KSL. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM. Thank you, yes. Here along the Wasatch Front. So if you want to tune in to Amanda, that's where you can find her. One reason that I invited you to be on my show here this morning is because you just finished a book. Yes. Didn't you? My first book. How exciting. It's Wake Up to a Happier Life, Finding Joy in the Work You Do Every Day. Wake Up to a Happier Life. Right. Great. That's what we're trying to get people to do here. Yeah. To wake up to a happier life. I've heard you talk a little bit about this. I've read your book. I think it's fantastic. I'm going to give a plug to that book. For all of our listeners, go get Amanda's book. The things that we talk about on this show are the principles that allow people to take control of their life and and to live on purpose. That's the the title of the show. And I found your book to be just a very practical, very easily accessible uh, illustration of the things that we talk about here every day. Thank you. When I heard the the title of your program, Dr. Paul, I thought, oh, he and I are going to get along. Mm -hmm. Because I, I love that phrase, living on purpose, that it really is... A, a succession of choices, the one I make right now, the one I made to come here today, the mm-hmm. one I make to go home and be with my children when I leave here, a succession mm-hmm. of choices, not only about the activities that we engage in, but about the spirit we bring mm-hmm. to those activities. Yeah, I, that resonates with me. That's, if, if you're not driving your life, who is? Yeah, right, right. So once you wake up to that and start cueing into some of these principles that, that actually help you to take control of your life, and you realize that it's a choice, then why would you choose anything other than happiness and joy and prosperity? And there are so many people out there who don't realize that it's a choice. Mm -hmm. 
And for all of you listeners, um, I'm hoping that by the time we're done with our discussion today, you'll see it more clearly as a choice yeah. and maybe have a few of the tools to take it on. I think some people do fight this. And maybe I was one of those people for quite some time because uh-huh. I wanted to think that what was happening in my life was somebody else's fault. And I mm-hmm. know that there, there might be people listening now who think, oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't my choice when my husband left me. Oh, yeah, it wasn't mm. my choice when I came down with lupus. Oh, yeah, it wasn't my choice when my son got diagnosed. with. Uh, there are, and I hear yes. that. And I, I realize what that feeling is like in my own way. I've had things that felt unfair, that even felt tragic. And that experience, I think, often does come with the feeling of, of I'm stuck now because of X that happened mm-hmm. out here. But even with those things, I think you'd agree, Dr. Paul, that mm-hmm. even with the most painful things that feel like responses to somebody else's choice or the universe or whatever, even in those things, we choose how to live with this new state. Mm-hmm. I choose how to live now that I'm a single parent for some, or now that my son is sick, or now that I'm sick, or now mm-hmm. that I got fired, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. life is a roller coaster, and those things happen. That's right. Our circumstances have have very little to do, actually, with the experience we have in life. I think that's true. It's just stuff. It just happens. Yeah. And what we choose to do with that is what makes the biggest difference. I've, I've read powerful books about that. I'm sure you're familiar with Viktor Frankl. Yes. Man's Search for Meaning. One of my favorites yes. to illustrate that very point. Here's a man who's in a concentration camp, for heaven's sakes. And yet he had the choice, and he called it the last of human freedoms to choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances. Doesn't matter. What an inspiring, extraordinary human being. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we all are capable of that. Mm-hmm. And I aspire to that myself because I, you know, I still, I mean, people will give me a hard time sometimes and say, are you happy all the time? And I say, no, <laughs> you know, of course not. I mean, I get your <laughs> you sound happy. I, 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 you know, I'm happy much of the time right. because it is my choice. Sure. And I, I, I just choose to focus on those things in my life that make me happy. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I don't focus uh-huh. on the fact that there's applesauce all in my two-year-old's hair. Mm-hmm. I, I focus on the fact that I have a two-year-old. Yeah. You know, I don't focus How on wonderful. the fact that my 17-year-old isn't speaking to me. I focus on the fact that she comes home at night. <laughs> Take what you can, right? Right. And you can find these little gems of of things that you could be grateful for in any circumstances. Absolutely any of your experiences. And it changes everything. It does. I know people will say to me sometimes, well, Amanda, I'm going to be happy. As soon as I get this promotion, I'm going to be happy. Mm -hmm. As soon as my boss gets fired and gets out of my life, because as long as he's here, I can't stand it. Or as soon as X... I'm going to be happy. And when I hear that, I know that they're in for a tough road because, of course, that's mm-hmm. not the case. The boss will get fired or promoted or move on and they'll still be miserable. Mm-hmm. They'll get the promotion and they'll still be miserable. I know people who have what look like cushy, gorgeous jobs who are miserable, even mm-hmm. in these glamorous, apparently, positions. Sure. And yet you know people too, Dr. Paul, mm-hmm. who are in hard, sometimes what many people would call menial labor jobs, who are singing a song. Mm -hmm. So I know now that the joy is not in the job. It's Mm -hmm. in the person. And you've had a few. Yes. I heard you talk about this earlier this week. 
at the, uh, the event that happened with the ideal orbit people. Yeah, interesting people. Fascinating stuff happening there. Um, you've been through, well, and I, I can't even remember them all, but you've been an attorney. You've been a, a university professor. I love that. You were a PA announcer <laughs> for a women's basketball team here in Utah. You've done all kinds of things, waitressing. Waitressing, mm -hmm. And one thing that you said on Tuesday... Uh, that stuck with me, and one of uh, one of my other associates or clients was there at the meeting. He was just laid off from a job that he's had for I don't know how long, probably fifteen years wow. or so. Wow! And you're up there saying, you know, you get fired, and this is great. <laughs> this is an opportunity. You know what? A, what a, an amazing how opportunity! How did that sit with him? Great. Did it? Yeah. Because I. I you know, it's easier said than done, like all sure. important things. I mean, people, uh, one of the things people say to me regularly is, well, it's easier said than done to just be happy. And, and I say, yes, like, you know, just like quitting smoking is easier said than done. But that means it's still, you know, it doesn't mean it's not mm -hmm. worth doing. But back to your point about getting laid off, what a, what a thrilling time in his life, if mm -hmm. not terrifying. Well, both. Both. It's both. And we all go through these transitions. Sometimes we're tempted to think, oh, this is bad. Well, how do you know it's bad? Mm -hmm. You don't yet. And in fact, that's your choice. That's the power of the choice. Yes. So here's this client. He comes into my office with his wife, and they're bringing cookies to celebrate this event. <laughs> to celebrate his getting fired. Exactly. <laughs> because they see it as an opportunity. I like this and, guy. And how refreshing is that? How refreshing is that to look at that? Now, there was a part of your book, and I want to introduce this at least before our first break. Sure. One of your chapters is titled, Get Off the Dead Horse. And I see so many people who just, they insist on remaining mounted on this deceased animal. <laughs> so to speak. I love the image. Yeah. Talk for just a little bit about that, where that's coming from. I, I saw a woman speak years ago up in Logan. And now I'm not going to remember her name. And I've had the hardest time. I should have written it down years ago, but it's probably mm. 20 years ago now. And she was magnificent. And she said... I know you nurturers out there in the audience, and we're all, I think there's a nurturing mm -hmm. gene in all of us, some more than others. I know, especially you nurturers, you get stuck thinking you can fix people or things, thinking you can get people to behave differently, like your spouses and your kids and, <laughs> and your coworkers. For all you people, I'm going to tell you seven words, you're never going to forget them, and they're going to help you. And they are, when the horse is dead, get off. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. How does that translate to real life? What have you seen? You know, it's, it's this. It's that in real life, we, we stand over the dead horses and we say, come on, horsey. You can make you it. You can do Hang it. Hang in there. It's my fault. And we just get stuck in this place of thinking it's our fault. We can fix it. it, it here are the worst case scenarios. You have a brother who drinks. It's my fault he drinks. If I was a better sister, he wouldn't drink. You have a mm -hmm. mother who's cold and distant. If I were a better daughter, she wouldn't be this way. You have a son who's doing drugs. If I were a better mother, this wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Or his grades aren't good. Or he's a bully. Or I don't know. You have a coworker who's always miserable and doesn't make as much money as you. If you would just mentored her better. This is where we get stuck. We nurture us. And mm -hmm. what I say to, to those people, because I think I've been one, is this is a dead horse. You've got to let go. Get off mm -hmm. this dead horse. And, and by the way, staying on a dead horse is a terribly arrogant thing to do. 
what? You think you can actually change the way another human being experiences life? No. Mm -hmm. So honor them, respect them enough to admit to yourself what they do is their business. I wish them well. I teach them as best I can, and I let go. It's almost as if when we stay on the dead horse, we're trying to do more of what's not working. Right. If I just do that more, mm-hmm. and, and look how foolish that is, how insane that is. Yeah. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. Was that Einstein? I can't remember who said that, that in the definition of insanity is you know, doing the yeah, same thing. I'm kind of like you. I collect all of these thoughts and ideas that come from wonderful people who know all kinds of stuff, and I, I can't remember where it came <laughs> from sometimes. Too. But I like what Bob Proctor says about this, too. He says, you know, I like bragging about my stuff because none of it's mine. We oh, just right. get these ideas and we exchange with other people and it's just fantastic. Yeah, I have no, I don't, I don't think I've had an original idea, but I, 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 these things help me. So I share them in the hopes they help you. And they do. Thank you for being here. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about this great book and how to take control of your life. Stick with us. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. If you have a pile of books you want to read, growing faster than the pile of books you have read, Abundant Reading Systems course can help you. You'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly, and you can retain more of what you read. I was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning. To be able to do as well as I did, I almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension, so I feel good about what I learned. Abundant Reading Systems brings you an all-new single-day speed reading workshop, where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and double your current reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. Welcome back. Sometimes I've thought we should continue to let the mics roll during these breaks because we have some fun discussion. We're just talking about communicating with teenagers. And uh, my wife is in here today running the show. Now, usually, I, I think I shared with you, Amanda, that my teenage boys, yeah. Ryan and Adam, are the ones who are running this show. Which I love. So we came over last night, and they were, in, they were 
orienting Vicky to all of the equipment. And so we're just kind of winging it here this And she's morning. doing a great job. And she is. I wish we had Yay, the applause button. Okay, Vicky. well, that's good enough. We can make our own. Um, so she's over here texting our 17-year-old son, who's over in school right now. He's not supposed to be texting, I don't think. <gasps> He's going to get in trouble. He's coaching her long distance. And, uh, and you were sharing some experiences you've had on the air with, oh, yeah. with your partner, uh, on the morning broadcast who's texting his teenage daughter. And I love it. You know, Grant, mm-hmm. Grant will text back and forth to his daughter, Melissa, and, and they have such good connection, mm-hmm. daddy-daughter connection. You know, she mm-hmm. texted him the other day and said, oh, this guy I went bowling with last night is so cute. <laughs> and he texted back, how cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Grant, do you know how lucky you are that your 18-year-old daughter shares that with you right feels like she wants to tell you anything number one let alone something that usually teenage Mm -hmm. girls only tell their girlfriends maybe their moms if you're incredibly lucky but here she is with her dad Uh, that's just Mm -hmm. so good everything about Mm -hmm. that is good so yeah and what what else can we do in our lives to get connected with these kids You've shared some stories about your stepkids. Yeah, you know I have what? Three. What a fantastic experience to be a stepmom. It is. Boy, that threw you some curveballs, didn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> For all the step parents out there, I feel mm-hmm. your pain. No, I. You know, we hear all these awful <laughs> and stories. And their joy. And their joy. Thank you. Uh-huh. Because it, there's way more joy than pain. But I, I think it's true of all important relationships. I'm not aware of a one-dimensional important relationship. Mm-hmm. There can't be. So, I mean, how could you have an, a relationship that's key in your life that doesn't come with joy and pain, but much mm-hmm. more joy? I became mm-hmm. a stepmom, oh, I guess it was five years ago now, and I have an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 14-year-old girl, girl, boy, mm-hmm. so Laurel, Ashley, Cameron. And they, oh, they changed my life completely. I have a very difficult time even remembering what I was like before them, but I know I spent more money on shoes, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I had more time for reading and right. other unimportant things. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, reading is important. I love to read, but I, I spend my time thinking about or with them now almost constantly in my mm-hmm. free time. They are amazing people who have, like all children in a divorce, been through an extraordinarily challenging experience that they will continue mm-hmm. to understand as they grow because I, I don't think there was an easy I, I don't I had no idea how hard that was on children until mm-hmm. I had my own stepchildren it's the hardest thing I've ever seen human beings go through uh, including it's, physical trauma I would almost I think I have seen people deal with suffering physically easier than they deal mm-hmm. with the separation or divorce of parents it's excruciating I have seen in my experience that emotional pain is the hardest stuff to deal with. Yeah. And in fact, some people go the route of physical pain to avoid the emotional yes, pain. Yes, I understand that. And I'm consulting with parents continually about this. They're not sure why their child is doing this thing that hurts them. Yeah, right. Because at least they can feel some, Yeah, right. I wonder. And it, and it helps them to avoid this intense emotional pain that they have. I don't know if I shared with you that uh, I spent about 12 years in my practice doing child custody evaluations for the court. Now, you used to show up in court all the time. I don't know if you got into any domestic stuff or divorce. I tried to avoid it. It's nasty. It's nasty. It's nasty. And I know there's a significant number of our listeners who have this as part of their package. Yes. You look at the divorce statistics, and if you guess about half, you're pretty close. Mm -hmm. And um, a big part of my practice uh, previously was centered around these kids. Yeah. And how do we help them? And And you're right. But even then... 
let's get back to our topic yeah. because even then you, that doesn't mean you have to have a certain kind of an experience right you are we are where we are today none of us can go mm-hmm. back and change anything so and not that we would if we could because like my friend kurt says all roads lead to here and here is beautiful mm-hmm. so would i undo anything i'm having these three kids in my life plus my two the, my two boys so five total Oh, it's the best thing ever. Would I change one thing? No, because all mm-hmm. those crazy roads led to this moment. And I do think now that I understand it better than I did five years ago. And I'm still learning all the time, screwing up mm-hmm. all the time. But I, the, this is one thing I know, that the way to teach my children anything is example. Because I'm not sure they hear me. It's powerful. So I want to live my life in such a way that I show them how to let go. So mm-hmm. I don't get stuck. When things happen that are hurtful, I just show them, oh, that hurt. You know what? Let's go get a pizza. <laughs> or, oh, that, yeah, that one. Oh, they made fun of me. That really stung. And mm-hmm. they made fun of me like that. Yeah. But then after all, there's a lot to make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try and find something to lighten it because for yeah. them, I want them to see I don't have to stay here in this stuck place. I don't yeah. have to blame everybody else for what's happening and stay here. I can actually hear the music today. I could mm-hmm. taste the food. I could meet a cute girl or boy. I mm-hmm. could buy a new outfit. I don't know. I could take the dog for, I could do something that lets my spirit come back to light. And what if we could get more focused on the now and on the joy of the now? I, I've worked a lot with depression and anxiety as a psychologist. That's been a big part of what I've done to help people. And think about it. Anxiety is always future-based. Yeah, You're yeah. always worried about something that's going to happen. It's not happening now. It's going to happen. Yeah. Depression, typically past-based. Yes. I'm worried about what already happened. <laughs> How do you help people get unstuck? Well, you know, getting to the now is a conscious choice. You can all, and, and I try to help people ask different questions. You've led to some of these in what you've, what you've already said. Take your situation as it is. It is what it is. It it's is no what more it is. and no less. It's all good. Take your situation as it is and start to ask some different questions about it. So one of the great questions you can ask, we use this in our, our couple retreats. It's a relationship-saving question, and that is, what else might this mean? Oh, I love that. <gasps> You're already interpreting oh, it somehow. God. Oh, I love that. What else might this mean? I try and think about my own family. And when things happen that are painful, I'm going to use that, Dr. Paul. Thank you. You better use it. I'm going to use that. What else might this mean? I know you think it means your dad doesn't love you, but what else might that mean? Because it you, could mean a whole bunch of stuff. It could mean stuff. something else. I know that you know we, we forgot to do this and we were supposed to do this and we make mistakes, but what else might it mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I, Oh, that's so good. Here's another one. If you take, again, take your situation and you can acknowledge if you're really honest with yourself. That everything is okay right now. Yes, right. The stuff that, that's on your mind either already happened or you're afraid it's going to. Yeah. But right now, everything's okay. I think about that. And you know what helps me is sensory things. Mm-hmm. What things taste like. Maybe I'm too food obsessed. but Or what things smell like. Bring me mm-hmm. back to now. So I, I, if I'm ever getting too depressed, and I, I tend to not have anxiety, but mm-hmm. I tend to feel sad about things in the past sometimes. Like I wish mm-hmm. I had said something different to her. 
-hmm. I wish she hadn't gotten mad at me or I wish we weren't giving each other the silent treatment or I wish, and I wish, Mm -hmm. but when it's something I can't fix, feels like what you were saying. What Mm -hmm. brings me back sometimes is cooking. I smell the food. She may not eat it, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to put it on the table. And then if she Mm -hmm. eats it, great. And if not, oh, well, at least there was some offering between me and her. The sensory Mm -hmm. things help me get back to now. Well, and the reward for that offering doesn't depend on whether it's received or not. Right. If you can, if you can really focus on why am I doing this. I'm blessed from the giving. Exactly. From, yeah. And then ask the now questions. So, for example, yeah. what am I grateful for now? Yeah, I love that question. Right now. Mm-hmm. What do I see right now that is beautiful, mm-hmm. that I appreciate? Mm-hmm. What, uh, and, and get it to the now. So that you can experience, yeah, right now my life is pretty okay. Yeah. Now, what if you're not feeling good right now? There's still things going on right now that you can be grateful yes. for. Yes. In fact, this is, a, this is a challenge that I give my clients sometimes. To make a list of 50 things that they're grateful for. Now, when you're stuck in depression, that's the hardest thing to do. It's the farthest thing from, from your inclination mm-hmm. to just sit down and make that list. But what a beautiful exercise. And once you get on a roll, you'll find, you know, yourself. I I talk about Mm -hmm. this in the book when, when, uh, specifically in regard to work, that I know people who are miserable in their jobs and they, they don't give themselves permission to be happy in the job now because they really think I've got to, I won't be happy until I lose this job. I've got to quit to be, now I'm not saying you shouldn't quit. Maybe you should quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a different but conversation. But your happiness is not dependent on it. happiness is not dependent on it precisely. And by the way, you may not be happy. When you do quit, if you don't master this skill that you're describing, this skill of what is there to, be, to feel grateful for mm-hmm. in my job now. And mm-hmm. there have been times when I've really had to consciously go there. Mm-hmm. At least I make enough money to put food on the table for these children. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my boss doesn't appreciate me, but my husband does. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm not making as much money as I'd like to, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. making good and I have health insurance. Or, you know, I've got a long commute. At least I have a car. To do the commute in. Gas is expensive, but you know, it's better than it is in some other. So I keep going back to those places and, and they walking. help me. And it still beats <laughs> walking. Or I think about my parents growing up in the depression where they would have killed for a job. Just l- give me a job. Let me feel, let me be of service to my family. Let me feed my children. Let me put in a hard day's work. It would have been everything to them to be able to have that experience. Now I have this job where people need me. Oh, how mm-hmm. wonderful. Here's another one. This is going to make a great story someday. There you, know, you go. As you're going through difficult situations. Your book, Amanda. is a great story. The, there's a lot of great stories <laughs> yeah. in there, but what if you hadn't gone through all of those experiences? Failure makes the, great, the greatest stories, doesn't it? Well, you look at the people who inspire you the most. They've been through all kinds of stuff. In fact, Vicki and I talk about this sometimes. You know, our life is going pretty good. You know, if we're going to be really influential, don't we have to have something really, you know, <laughs> okay, hard? Isn't that funny? Don't you worry about that. Once in a while, I'll think, oh, I haven't had anything really bad happen for a while. I need some more stories. Uh-oh. Does that mean something? Because <laughs> right. I don't want to wish it in. But you're right. It is the failures. It's the, it's the events where you're humiliated. Mm-hmm. Those make the best stories. Because we all relate to that sense of fear of humiliation or actual humiliation. Mm-hmm. When you catch on to this concept of live on purpose, the word failure starts to disappear. Yeah, it means something so different. How could it be a failure if it's this huge, valuable learning experience? Right, right. 
Something that you can use to teach other people, create value in this world. Awesome stuff. Great. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. Relishing a week with your sweetheart in paradise. Spending that same week with other like-minded couples who live in abundance. Increasing your knowledge through powerful seminars geared toward helping you take your marriage to a new level. This is only a fraction of the value waiting for you on this year's Marital Magic Couples Cruise. Producer Retreats has teamed up with Dr. Paul and Craig Rollo to set the theme for this year's cruise as a more perfect union. Join us on January 26, 2008, as we visit the beautiful Eastern Caribbean Islands aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. Call 1-800-591-2432 to select your package and book your spot. You can get more details at ProducerRetreats.com. Limited cabins are available for this event, so book today by calling 1-800-591-2432. We'll see you on board. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this program, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office. Call Eric at 801-221-0223 for more details. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That's 801-221-0223. And welcome back. Oh, this is too much fun. I can't even remember how many segments we've already done, but we'll just keep rolling until the end of the show. Okay with I'm you, having Amanda. a good time, Dr. Paul. There's a few other things I want to get to, though, before we're done. And Please. we could probably just take off down any old trail that we find. Especially if we start talking about babies. And we did during the we break. We did during the break. And Amanda's got this yummy little nine-month-old. Oh, he is. You're having fun with him, aren't I you? I am, but I won't get us off, off track. But if you want to talk about babies, that's fine, too. Actually, you know what? You're coming back for, for a promotion of your next book. Please. Sound okay? I'd love that. Because aren't you doing one for mommies? I finished uh, this book, which uh, is in the editing process now. Oh, wonderful. Its working title is Can I Smell the Baby? (laughs) (laughs) Which is based on, and there's actually, they shot a picture of me with my nose up to the the baby, up to Aiden. Oh. And the title is based on this this observation I had after I had my first son, Ethan, that Mm. whenever I would hand the baby to someone, if it was a woman I was handing the baby to, she would immediately bring his head up to her nose and go 
This dry. Oh, and her, uh-huh. she'd get this dreamy sort of drugged look on her face. And I thought, yes, there's something magical about the smell of a newborn or any yeah. baby. And that's when I started sort of writing down humorous, hopefully humorous, and some thoughtful, too, observations about this magical state of pregnancy and mm-hmm. childbirth, a state that perhaps I appreciate more than I would have 20 years ago since I had my babies in my 40s mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. had thought I would not get to have this experience. But when I did mm-hmm. get to, I just, I relish, I relish it like, like fine chocolate. I relish every minute. Mm-hmm. I, I relish every spit up, every screaming at Walmart, every everything. And I think, look, he's screaming. Isn't mm-hmm. he a great screamer? <laughs> good. You, I'm crazy. You see the upside. I see of those the things. upside because I love him so. You've got a gift for this, though, to to see the upsides, to see the humor. But this is another thing that we were talking about earlier, Amanda. That there's this law of polarity, we might call it, or opposition, where your appreciation or your your love of something is in direct proportion to the downsides of that whole thing. And as you, you didn't talk a lot about this, but you went through 20 years of your life where you were thinking, you know, being a mother would be a cool thing and that's, or is it really for me? Or I don't know if that'll ever happen. Going through all of those experiences. Mm -hmm. And then now in your late twenties, you get this baby. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Late twenties. Yeah. So you're you're, you're very cute. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) But yes. And you're right about the light in the dark. I do think that, mm-hmm. you know, it, I don't know if the, if the phrase embrace the dark is right. What I know is this, is that there, there is pain or sadness or the potential for these things in all, in all, you know, when we are alive and we risk loving, it comes with joy and sorrow. And I and try pain. not to fear the sorrow so much or the pain. I try and just, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's what's happening. Okay, I'm gonna have some pain here, whether it's physical or emotional or both. I try mm-hmm. not to fear because motherhood, sure. I mean, talk about talk about a big, messy, <laughs> painful, thrilling, sure, delicious, awful, and all of the above situation. That you're right. I mm-hmm. spent 20 years of my adult life thinking, should I do this? Could I do this? And then believing I was incapable mm-hmm. of having children. And before my husband Aaron, who is the most wonderful father which is part of why I think I fell in love with him is that I had never seen a man love children like he does. I mm-hmm. had heard about wonderful fathers and seen them in movies, mm-hmm. but I had never with my own eyes seen a man delight in his children and say things like when we were first dating and here I'm getting off a tangent, but when we were first dating, I would say, well, can't we just take the weekend off? Here I am, this selfish woman in my late thirties thinking that you could just take the weekend off from kids. Like they were Mm. like, they were like, I don't know, an appliance you could unplug. Can we just take the weekend off? I'd like to have a date. And he would say to me with great patience, no, Amanda, you cannot take the weekend off of being a parent. Mm -hmm. I am a parent. My job is to be consistent. And we have the kids with us back then. It was every weekend and every Tuesday night. Now we live so close to their mom that they just go back and forth between Mm -hmm. us. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel as formal, which is good. Mm -hmm. But, that was one of the things that I saw in him that made me realize, A, I have a lot to learn, and B, this state of parenthood is the best it's thing. in so in multifaceted, God. too. And have you noticed that the most powerful, meaningful experiences in life are that way? Yeah. 
They've got the huge upsides, the huge downsides. It's just this huge package. And a, a great mentor of mine, um, as, as we were sharing a discussion about a similar topic once, and he, he said that uh, about one of the powerful experiences in his life, someone was asking him, well, what's it like? What was it like? Okay, and how do you sum that up? Yeah. So his response, I loved his response. He said, pick an adjective. Hmm. Any adjective will do. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was like. Yeah, it was all of those things. Parenting is like that. And people used to say to me all the time, oh, Amanda, you should be a mom or you should have children. It's the best thing. And mm -hmm. I would smile with that sort of smile that says, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because <laughs> right. I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't. And I've had such exciting experiences in my life. Like many people who stumble into the media, you wind up getting to meet celebrities and go fancy places and mm -hmm. do things you've no business doing mm -hmm. because I am not a talented person myself. I just get to interview and hang out with very talented people as a result of this job. I thought I had had cool mm -hmm. experiences until I gave birth to Ethan mm -hmm. and I suddenly realized, Oh, this is the best thing. It doesn't even compare. Doesn't doesn't even compare. We've got some more shows coming up about parenting. That's one of the things that is really near and dear to my heart and just, those family, those key family relationships. What is more important than that? And it's all work, Dr. Paul. Mm. I talk in the book about how I don't separate in my mind. What do you do? The, what do you do? I don't mm -hmm. separate the job I go to for which I'm paid from stopping to pump gas, from changing a diaper, from coming up with something for dinner, from sweeping the garage. It's all work. It can all be done in any variety of ways on the spectrum between joyfully and miserably. And I want to do all of those jobs with a song in my heart, including cleaning mm -hmm. the bathroom and everything else. I, I mean, you know, it's sort of hard to picture whistling a tune while you're scrubbing a toilet, but it can be done. It can. It can be done. And it's your choice. Right. So if you're going to do it anyway, and I've talked to a lot of teenagers about this too, you know, is they're belly aching and complaining and moaning about whatever it is that they have to do. First of all, I try to help them see, no, you're, you're choosing to do it. No, my parents are making me do this. Oh, really? And then I ask him an interesting question. What would happen if you didn't? Good, good, good. See, because then that puts this little seed in their mind. That, what do they say? Wait, you mean, yeah, I guess I, I could not do it. Uh -huh. and, then, and then they can think that through a little bit. Well, they ground me or I get this consequence or whatever. Uh -huh. And you don't want that? Uh -huh. So you're choosing to do this because it sounds better than that. Ding, ding, ding. It's the same sort of thing as I hear people say, well, I have to go to work. I can't. I have to go to work. Mm -hmm. And that's when I try and rephrase in very similar ways. You mean you get to go to work. You mean mm -hmm. you're, lu I, you're lucky enough to have a job. I mean, last time I checked, there was no indentured servitude in this country. Mm -hmm. So probably nobody's going to whip you if you don't go to work. So you're choosing mm -hmm. to go to work so you can have money to provide for yourself or a family if you're blessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that choice is something you do willingly until you make a different choice. Maybe next week mm -hmm. you're going to make a different choice. But now you're choosing to go to this job. And that sounds better to you than the alternative. Right. So if you're going to do it anyway, and you know you are, think about whatever is on your calendar today, all you people who are listening. You're going to do it, right? You're planning on doing this. Well, how are you feeling about it? That's a choice too. And you can choose to approach this thing in a way that's, that's in enlightening or empowering or joyful or you can choose to be grumpy about it yeah 
and approach it with all kinds of belly aching and complaining. It's your choice. For me, years ago, I noticed this, that when I got to that place of resentment for something I had to do, I got to go pick up my kids or, you know, whatever it is for you listening, I, I would notice that I'd start to feel sick in the extreme. That if I was resenting someone, my sister or, a, you know, whatever, I would start to feel physically ill, tightness in the chest, pain in the stomach, headache, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't sleep as well. I'd go to sleep thinking about it, wake up, and before I'm even conscious, I'm thinking about it again. Then I began to think, how can I get back to lightness faster because I don't want to feel this way? So I, I, you know, I fall down into that place of resentment all the time still. But now I find myself, oh, it's bless and release, right? I talk about in the book about bless and release, that I do let go faster now because I don't want to feel sick. I, w- I am both blessed and cursed in that I can't, I can't maintain a good quality resentment anymore. I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to give my kids a silent treatment right back. Do. <laughs> I do. I do. Sometimes. A part of I you say does. that in jest. Right. I do, and I can't. You... Well... I'm going to challenge you Maybe on I'm that, making too. A choice. Yes, you can. Yeah, I can. Just yeah, like just, all yeah. those people are saying, I can't help it. Yeah, you're you right. Know? I'm, I yell at you're my right, I can't Paul. help. They make me. You're right. No, I you're could resent. That. I'd feel sick, mm-hmm. but I could choose that. And I know people who do. I know people who have felt resentment for years. Mm-hmm. It's their food. It's their oxygen. It's the name of their life. My name, my life is resentment. Their natural state. And my heart weeps for the mm-hmm. moment before they die, if they have this moment where they mm-hmm. wake up and think, I missed my children growing up. I missed, my, I missed the last 40 years because I have been spending that 40 years resenting him or her or X. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Oh, this sweet life. This sweet life went flying by while I maintained a good quality righteous indignation. It's just not worth it. But I was entitled to that. Precisely. And, you know, and they've got their story about why they hang on to it. I know. That's the dead horse. That's the dead horse. Get Get off. off. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And you can choose to stay on it if you want to. But why? Why do more of what's not working? Right. Vicky helped me to come up with a, a basic philosophy for much of my coaching and counseling, and that is, do more of what works yeah, and less of what doesn't. Isn't that profound? That's great. I love it, and it's, it, it's simple, but if, if you don't realize that it's a choice, you can't even go there. Yeah, right, right. right. And I, when my husband and I were first married, we used to have these conversations where he would say, but what about... You know, what about the person who was raped as a child or something horrible? How how do you tell that Mm -hmm. person, Amanda, that it's their choice? Mm -hmm. And I say, you know, with humility, with humility, I tell them it's the same. It's still a choice. It's still a choice. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we finish up. Stick with us. In 1935, the federal government stopped the minting of pure silver dollars for general circulation. When the dollar coin returned back to circulation in 1971, it was the silverless Eisenhower dollar. This explains why your great-grandfather always had a silver coin in his pocket, and you never have. 
We're 180 degrees, and we have a pure silver coin with your name on it. If you're a young entrepreneur and feel like you're up for a challenge, contact us immediately at move180.com. That's move180.com. Click on the Contact Us link on the website and include the keyword silver in your information request. We will contact you shortly about how to retrieve your silver coin. While you're there, browse the website to learn more about us. Let's put some silver in your pocket at move180.com. If you have a pile of books you want to read, growing faster than the pile of books you have read, Abundant Reading Systems course can help you. You'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly, and you can retain more of what you read. I was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning. To be able to do as well as I did, I almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension, so I feel good about what I learned. Abundant Reading Systems brings you an all-new single-day speed reading workshop, where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and Double your current reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. Okay, I'm considering just restarting the whole thing when we're done because there's there is so much more <laughs> to talk about than we have time to do. And Amanda, before we... This is our last segment. Oh, it's just flying by. And before we finish this show, I really want for you to explain a little bit more about something that we talked about in the last segment, which is bless and release. Oh, yes. And then I'd like to hear a little bit about practicing. And I think you know what I'm talking I about do. there. Bless and release is a silly sort of physical motion that came to me during a difficult period in my life when I was stuck and crying a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would find myself having to go out in public and MC an event or speak to a group and I couldn't get my act together. And this, mm-hmm. I did it in my bathroom mirror. And it, I sort of flick my right wrist around and then wave. It's bless and release, and then we, you wave. We have got to get the video. Go feed with up. God, but go. <laughs> but go. <laughs> See ya. And right. this move now, and it looks just as dumb as it sounds. It's just a. And sometimes I will lift my left foot, which I'm doing now, mm-hmm. uh, yes, <laughs> to, to add to the ridiculousness. Uh-huh. But I do it now to sort of help my mind think. You can't fix this. You can't change her. You can't change him. You can't change this. It's all good. Bless and release. Mm -hmm. Go with God. Mm -hmm. But just go. go. Oh, that's where bless and release came from. And I use it still. I would like to challenge any of you listeners to just take a really quick inventory of whatever it is that you're packing around right now. And ask yourself, do I really believe this? Because what you just said, Amanda, is a real key. You can't change them. Can't. You can't change the circumstance. You can't change the fact that X, Y, or Z happened. Do you really believe that? Mm-hmm. And some people will stay on the dead horses. Oh, I'm going to keep trying mm-hmm. to change them. Mm-hmm. Okay, how's that working for you? They may change, and you'll still never know. 
And by the way, they may change and you won't change. It doesn't matter. It, it really truly doesn't. doesn't matter. And ask you, this is another one of those questions, okay? Do I really believe this? Yeah. Do I really believe that I can change them? And if you don't, get off the dead mm -hmm. horse. Do you really believe that they need to change for you to be happy? Hmm. I think I spent years as a young woman, I, and I remember it, this is 30 years ago, and I remember being dumped by a boy when I was a teenager, <laughs> like happens to most of us. Somebody breaks up with us along the line, and it was devastating. And it took me years as a young person to stop thinking that my life was over because of this fatal, fatal breakup in 1979. <laughs> and I think back to that time now, and I think, oh, Amanda, foolish woman. You believed you needed him to see the error of his ways in order mm -hmm. to be happy. Foolish woman. Wasted those lovely years. And how long are you willing to wait for whoever it is that's offended you to make it all right so that you can move on? Yeah. How long are you willing to wait? Because you, you'll be waiting, you know, when the saints come marching in. Cause if, that's <laughs> if, you're, if you're a betting person, how mm. much are you going to bet that they're going to make a 180 in the next yeah. You know, in the foreseeable future, it's Who, just not going to happen. Whoever said this was right, that, that you forgive for you. That's you right. forgive as an act of courage and love mm -hmm. and life. And you, it may have no effect whatsoever on the person you're forgiving. Mm -hmm. You forgive out of respect for your maker, out of respect for your own heart. Every time I forgive... Even little things. Guy cuts me off in traffic. Woman's rude to me at the grocery store. Whatever. Every time I forgive, big or little, I am blessed. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's for you. Mm -hmm. We've, I, I did an interview just recently with Kevin Whittington with the Idea Orbit people. Oh, yes. And uh, he quoted a phrase from The Peace Giver. It's a fantastic book by James Farrell, and it's all about just releasing and accepting other things. But uh, this... This phrase, and I don't have the book in front of me, but it, it goes something like, the most important condition in mortality. Uh, no, it starts with being mistreated is the most important condition of, of mortality. For eternity itself depends on how we view those who mistreat us. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I need to go there for a second. <laughs> That's brilliant. And, yeah, and I, yes. I would say the number one lesson I have learned, and for some reason I, I seem to need to relearn it. I, I never seem to learn it once and for all. You know what? You get multiple opportunities there to learn go. something. Thank you. And the price tag goes up every time. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed that too? Yes. But this might be the most important lesson is that, that the, way, the way I am able to forgive or let go is the single greatest joy and strength of my life. And if I can mm -hmm. teach my children anything by my example... I want it to be no wrong will end your life. No wrong done to you. No slight mm. dealt to you. None of those things will even hurt without your permission. That you can mm. just, like my son who's 14, listens to a local radio station in Utah. It's an alternative rock and roll station. And it's for, not KSL. No, it's not. Oh. And he's, he's way into music, all kinds of interesting music. And on this station, for some reason, these uh, DJs like to make fun of me. And I am easy to make fun of, so I completely understand. But when they first started doing it, it really hurt him. And I think I've really shown him over the year or two that this has been going on. Look, Cameron, it's okay. This is a mm -hmm. shtick. They don't hate me. They mm -hmm. don't know me. And it's just something they do because I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know... 
I mean, you talk about what's there. I'm honored they know who I am. Right. And the rest I just bless and release. Reminds <laughs> me of a line from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. What's that? Where uh, they're talking to, to Captain Jack Sparrow. And they say, you are the worst pirate I've ever heard of. He says, yes, but you've heard of me. <laughs> good, good. I'll have to <laughs> bring that line that's good up. enough, It's good enough. It? It's good enough. Yeah. And we better not go down that trail because I know you've got good enough stories too. Oh, yeah. But would right. you talk about practicing oh, yes. for just a minute? I, I like this concept, Dr. Paul, and that is that whatever we practice, we get good at. You know, you practice gymnastics, you get, might have not the best, but you get mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. You practice law, you learn, you know, and whatever we, pra- whatever we give our time to, we will improve at. So you want to practice being miserable because you're going to get good. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to practice being joyful? Either one is going to lead to a level of expertise on your part. So if I want to practice being resentful and blaming and bitter, I'm going to become quite an expert in that area. You'll get it good. just happens. Right. So I choose to practice being light and joyful. I practice seeing humor in all things, particularly embarrassing things that happen to me. And that makes me good at it. Now, you know, embarrassing things happen and I'm laughing before they're even done because Mm -hmm. I know this is all. (laughs) Well, you've been accused of being too cheerful, too energetic. Yes. You're getting good at it, aren't you? I am. And that is an interesting thought you bring up. I know that there is something in the human spirit or psyche, maybe psyche is a better word, Mm -hmm. that is suspect of the happy person or the cheerful Mm -hmm. person. Happy gets a very bad rap. It feels fake to them. It feels fake. I have met people who have said to me, I thought you were a phony for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I did. I thought that nobody's that happy. Nobody's that enthusiastic. That Mm -hmm. woman is just a fraud. I've had people say that to me. Mm -hmm. And then they'll say something like this. But then I realized nobody could fake it that good for that long. (laughs) And that's (laughs) the truth. Now, this is not to say I don't have very painful days. But I am a happy person Mm -hmm. because I consider it the reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm here to, to go through my life like a pig to the slaughter. You know, I, I don't want to be squealing all the way. I, I think I am here to experience life with joy and to help others to do the same. Good for you. That's perfect. And you know what? I know that some of our listeners may be thinking, oh, what is this stuff, you know? Yeah. Who is this Amanda person? And what is she all about? Why should you know, I when, care? <laughs> when I read your book, and, and, and I've listened to you on the radio for years, and, and uh, when I read your book, I think the thing, one of the things that I really liked about it is that I could see this genuine person in it. Thank you. And you communicated that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. There's this genuine person. Well, what if, I just want to challenge everybody to think to themselves, what if this is really possible? What if, what if I really can practice being joyful and happy and grateful mm-hmm. and get good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying too, Amanda. I've, I have trained myself and I have practiced to think in such positive ways that I would challenge anybody to, to share with me their life circumstances or their story or any kind of uh, scenario. And I'll bet you anything I can find the positive. Mm-hmm. I can find the upsides and it's because I've practiced it. Well, if I can do it, can't you do it yeah, too? sure. Can you find it? And, you know, I, I've had some, some powerful experiences by proxy, like, like a lot of yours. You know, we, yes. get to, we get to observe. It's a spectator sport to do the kinds of things that we're doing here today. Right. Um, 
but I've had people share with me their very, very difficult stories. And we're talking about just tragic, painful stuff. And as I challenge them and as I share with them this, this principle that there is opposition, there's always polarity. It's a natural law of the universe that there's always an upside. There's always a downside. For any inside, there's an outside. It's always true. And then they go look and they search. And you know what? I had, we were talking about divorce earlier and how that impacts kids. And, and I had a, some little kids who had lost their parents to a tragic murder. And as I was interviewing these kids, they shared with me, but at least my parents weren't divorced. You know? and we they, always look. And they found some upsides, mm-hmm. too. You know, I found out how much my grandparents loved me. Yes, right, right. You can always find something. And you know what I think, Dr. Paul? Why not try it? Mm-hmm. If you really, really don't like laughing more and, and, and having your kids wonder why you're so happy and having your coworkers not dread you walk into a room, if you really don't like it, you can't go back. Sure. <laughs> There's no saying you got to stay there for the rest of your life. If you try some of these things out and you really think, yeah, I just, I just don't feel right in my skin, I'd much rather be irritable, then go, have at it. Be my guest. I'm not, I don't know all the answers to all things, but mm-hmm. try it. Give Why it not try. see what it tastes like? And when the horse is dead. Get off! Right. <laughs> That's the theme of today's show. You know what? Before we close today, I want to make sure that people know how to get to you. Thank you. And I know a, a few ways, and you can share any other ways. Um, I mentioned that people along the Wasatch Front can listen to you every weekday morning. Get up at 5 o'clock, listen to Amanda. <laughs> She's out there telling the news, some of which isn't very pleasant. That's but right. you can always find some upsides. Yes, right, right. No matter what. And you can get that uh, at, at 102.7 FM or 1160 AM along the Wasatch Front. Right. Or... KSL.com. 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 You've got live streaming of the show. And yes. I think it's podcasted now, right. too. Both. So you can get her. And then you can go to Deseret Book or DeseretBook.com to get a hold of this wonderful book, Wake Up to a Happier Life by Amanda Dixon. Thank you, Dr. Paul. Thank you. I so appreciate your coming on today. It was great fun. I hope it was. Obviously it, it was. was. We're both having a we good time. We had a time. great time. I'll have you back sometime, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Go out there and live on purpose, everybody. Create some light in this world. And let's see if we can spread this around to other people. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>